Let's turn to, your Bible should practically fall open there. Um, that's Matthew 5. Beatitudes, Matthew, Matthew 5. Okay, we're going to read from verse 1 just to refresh. Now when he saw the crowds, and that's Jesus, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So when Matt phoned me and said, can I preach? You know, I was excited and I thought, cool, preach on God loves you. <laughs> you know, something like that. He goes, now you're going to preach on persecution. And I go, geez, that's rough, eh? I mean, you guys preach all the nice ones before that and I get the persecution one. So I'm taking one for the team here today. Um, and no, it's, it's really, obviously once I started, you know, reading into this and doing the research, this persecution is actually nothing in terms of the reward of what we get. Um, yeah, just the reward that it brings. So I want to particularly focus on verse 10 that says, Blessed are those who persecute it because of righteousness, <clears throat> for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So my first question is, what is, we understand persecution, I'll talk about that now, but what is righteousness? Um, and I you know, check the reference of righteousness. I mean, I know what righteousness is. It's just to be right with Christ. It's to be in right standing with Jesus Christ of, of what he's done for us. Um, but just in the New Testament alone, there are 77 references to righteousness in the New Testament. Um, 100 and something in the old one. And then if you just go righteous and not righteous, there's another 130. <clears throat> so this is a big deal for the Bible, righteousness. It's it's central to the gospel, to be right with Jesus, to be right with God. This is why Jesus came to obviously save us, to set us free, to clean us, so that we can be right with him. And, but I don't want to talk about that because it will take us a very long time, months of Sundays, to talk about righteousness. But I think it suffice to say that righteousness <clears throat> is just to be right with Christ, to be in a right standing relationship with him where you've accepted is salvation. You've accepted that gift. You've appropriated by faith. Um, it's a gift from him, but you've accepted it. You've repented of it, and you just, you're right with Christ. And you have access to God the Father because of what Jesus has done. Um, and that's what it is to be righteousness. Or that's our righteousness. It's our righteousness of Christ. <clears throat> There's self-righteousness, and we all know that's not good. And that gets us into a lot of trouble. But we're talking here about the righteousness of Christ. So why are we being, why are we not being persecuted for any of the other ones? Blessed are those for they'll do this. But when it comes to righteousness, this persecution, what is so, what makes us so different 
that all of a sudden when we have this righteousness in our life, we can expect persecution? Well, the answer is that righteousness, Satan hates that in our lives. He hates the fact that we are right with Christ. He will do anything in his ability to condemn us, to make us feel guilty, to bring a wedge between us and Jesus and us and the Father. That's his main thing. He always wants to throw us off balance. And, and that's why he, 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 it shows him up, and it showed up the religious people. Now, they had a self-righteousness. They had a, 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 a religion that is based on man's uh, laws and man's ability and what you must do, and you must do this and do that and do this, and then you can be... It's an offense to Jesus. Because Jesus died for us. He made us righteous. And now the religious go, no, there's, there's another way to be righteous. You need to do this and you need to do that. And then you can be righteous. And it's not true. And the more righteous we are, the more we... Pers- there are actually levels of righteousness. We'll talk about that now. The more we go after this righteousness, the more it gets up to Satan's nostrils. He hates that because it shows him up more and more. And it shows religion up more and more. It shows religion for what it's worth. And it's worth nothing. It's man-made. It's... It, it, it's a stench to Jesus. This man-made thing that we think that by somehow what we can do and our acts and, and it can bring us righteousness. And there's no other righteousness but in Christ. Um, in Matthew 7 it says, not everyone who si- No, sorry. Sorry, sorry. In Philippians, Philippians 3 it says, what, but, this is Paul, but whoever... But whatever work gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And that garbage is quite a strong word in the original um, Hebrew or Greek. It's not garbage. But anyway, and we found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. That's what Paul is pursuing. He's pursuing the righteousness of Christ. He's saying all these other things I did, all these things, they just, it's human dung. It's just, it's terrible. I don't want it anymore. I consider it all loss. But this thing I pursue, this righteousness with Christ. And the thing is that in this righteousness, there's power. When we pursue this righteousness in Christ, there's a power there. There's an authority of heaven in our lives that disarms Satan. And there's one thing I need to say this morning, and I really feel the Lord saying strongly, I'm not sure, but I I need to say it. And I just feel the Lord saying, Satan is not threatened by your good works. He's not threatened by what you do, your your righteous acts. Even if you think you're really doing a good job, even your my preaching, Satan's not impressed by my preaching. He does not threaten by my preaching. He's not threatened by your soup kitchen or your feeding the poor or whatever. He's not threatened by that. It means nothing to him. It doesn't change anything in his life. It doesn't even change the, my father-in-law is a, is a missionary. He says you can you know, feed people and send them to hell on a, send them to hell on a, on a full stomach. What, is it, what difference does it make? Now we'll talk about good works. There's a lot about good works in the Bible. But this morning I just have such a sense in the Lord saying that Satan is not impressed threatened in any way by your good works. Even if they think that you think you do for God. He's not impressed by them. He's not threatened by them. It doesn't threaten him. But what threatens him 
is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That place where we are in such a sweet spot. And I wish we don't have the time and also don't have the ability really like Matt Johnson did these Beatitudes so beautiful. And that step of the first one when we pure in spirit we realize how wretched we are. And then there's a mourning and we realize the sin. And then there's a there's a, um, a hunger for righteousness. We're starting, and then we start to show mercy, and then we start to be peacemakers. And it just beautifully, I just—it's like a ladder that you. And um, it's that pursuing after, after righteousness, after Christ, that brings life. It brings authority. It brings peace into our life. It brings this, yeah, it's just authority of heaven. And that is what threatens Satan. He's not threatened by your good works, but he's threatened by your, your, your authority in Jesus, who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. That, that's a threat to him. Because out of that will flow good preaching. Out of that will flow prophesying. Out of that will flow things of helping the poor and the needy and, and make a difference in the world. But it won't be just because we're trying to earn points or trying our salvation or we're trying to score points even as Jesus. Sorry to say, but I don't think Jesus is even impressed with our, with our works. As a matter of fact, it says that our best deeds are like filthy rags before him. And that filthy rags also is not appropriate for me even to share what that really means. It's, it's, uh, there's the scripture in the Bible sorry, um, and that talks about um, where, where the people come to Jesus. I think it's in Judgment Day. Oh, I've got it here somewhere. Where it says... In Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You practice. That's, that's rough. Because prophesy, I love prophesying. That's my thing. I love prophesying. Cast a demon, yeah, on a good day I've cast out a demon. Um, many wonders. When last we seen many wonders? I mean, I, like, there's the stuff I'm after. I'm, I'm keen on those things, you know. And God says, it means nothing to me. But it means nothing to him if you don't know him. If, you're not, if your identity is not in Christ. If you're, if you're not in love with Jesus. And if you're not right with him and, 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 and intimate with him. And he's intimate with you. And when you go after heaven and heaven goes after you. That's today the Lord's after your heart. He's not after your ability and he's not after your, he's not after your deeds. Because I don't want to get to heaven one day and go, but Lord, I prophesied the rich. If you see a prophecy, oh, I nailed it, man. And or I did this or I healed that sick or I fed the poor. And he goes, but I don't know you. And today the Lord's after your heart. He wants to, <clears throat> he wants to know you more and more. He wants to be intimate with you. By the Spirit, Jesus wants to be intimate with you. And He's got so much more for you. He's got so much more for the rich. And He's saying, come on, let's, let's just know each other so well. He wants, wants us to go after this righteousness, to be right with Him. Because with that, it just brings peace in our life. It brings authority. It just brings, brings that identity. And out of that, people, does flow good works. Good works are incredibly important. But it flows out of a place of, of being intimate with Jesus. It flows out of a place of identity with Christ. It's not, it's not the other way around. And that threatens Satan. And that's why he'll persecute us. And persecution means he'll come after you. And he does because he wants to, he wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy your witness. He wants to, 
make you void of that power that's in Jesus Christ. And, you know, when we're in this place of intimacy with Jesus and, and identity in Him, and when, when you get persecuted, honestly, I don't think it really even <clears throat> bothers us so much. And I think that's why Jesus said, rejoice and be glad, just in verse, I think, verse 12. Because it means, man, you've done something right. You got this right, man. You, your place in Christ is secure. Your identity in, in Christ is it's there. You, you've, you've got it. And, and then he'll say rejoice. And this has got nothing to do with salvation, people. I have to say salvation is a gift from God. We can't add anything or take anything away from salvation. That's a gift from God. But when it comes to righteousness, we can pursue it. And that's why it says that we'll get the kingdom of heaven. There's a, the gospel of salvation that is Jesus, done everything for us. It's about him, what he's done. <clears throat> then there's the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, where it's about what we do in God's kingdom. And this is it. Paul tells Timothy on two occasions, one in Timothy 1.6 and the other one in 2 Timothy 2. He says, first, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness. Let's go after us. Godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. And in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. He says, go after this, pursue it. Go after righteousness. That's, that's what Jesus got for us. And, um, when, and Jesus speaking to the, just a bit, um, also in Matthew 5, just after the Beatitudes, he says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. He didn't say, unless your abilities and your knowing the law and all your good deeds surpasses the Pharisees, because they really did it. They literally did it by the book. They were almost faultless in their commitment to their religion. But they were far from Jesus. They were far from God. And God's saying, less our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees. And he's just saying, it's not about the deeds. It's not about all these other things. It's about knowing me. And um, yeah, this morning, I just my heart is just that God is it's after your heart to go after him. Like Paul tells Timothy, pursue it. Let's go after Let's go after righteousness because there, that's where the power and the authority is and that's where our identity lies. And just one last thing I want to say is that let's not confuse persecution with just doing a bad job of being a Christian. Um, the gospel means good news. It's good news. Good news should be attractive. And I know some people won't like what you believe and will disagree with us. But the very next thing after the beach, it talks about salt and light too. And as Christians, we salt. We add flavor. That's a positive thing. We are light. Like I said, this place is like a light on a hill. That's a positive thing. It shines into the darkness. The gospel is a beautiful thing. And, and it's, it's beautiful for someone that's dying and it's dead and it's desperate for salvation. It's desperate for, for just to be saved and to be hurting people. Let us, not our attitude through <clears throat> being judgmental or judgment cause people to stumble or because 
we are judgmental. People don't like us, and we go, oh, that's persecution. That's not persecution. That's just being judgmental. I was just trying to find, I was reading all over, but I couldn't find anywhere where Jesus said to anybody, first repent of your sin, change, and then I'll heal you, or then I'll feed you. He fed the thousands. He, the man that couldn't walk, he said, take your mat and walk. And then he said, leave your life of sin. The woman had caught an adultery. He didn't judge her. And then afterwards he said, leave your life of sin. The woman at the well. At no stage did he judge them or condemn them. But he welcomed them. Because remember, the sinners loved Jesus. The prostitutes, the tax collectors. I mean, Jesus was known as a glutton and a drunkard because he used to hang out with those people. He had something. He had life. He had that righteousness, that love that was attractive to the dead and the dying, the, the, the ones that were desperate, the ones that, the sinners, they knew they were sinners. No one even had to tell them. They knew what they were doing, what, they, what, what they're doing was wrong. But it's the religious that will persecute us. And I've even found my own life. It's the one that has a belief system like it should be like this. And when the real authority comes, when the real love comes, when the truth comes, they get offended. And the truth will set people free. Will set people free. And I just want to challenge you. Let's Let's love the lost. I really believe this church will be significant in this area, especially for people that are lost, will come here. People will flock here. I absolutely believe it. I really believe it will be a safe haven for people um, to come. So let's make the gospel attractive. Let our relationship with, be, with Jesus be attractive, our righteousness. Let it, let it shine out. Let people see that. And let's not be too quick to judge people. We can't expect people that don't know Jesus to do the right thing. They just don't know. Someone, you know. And um, so, yeah, I really want to encourage you. Let your light shine. Let your love for Jesus be shown. And love the, the people out there. Love them, the, the ones that are dying, the ones that are desperate, the lost. They're desperate for a Savior. Um, let our actions and our judgmentalness not prevent them from from knowing Jesus, but let's be like Jesus, where the sinners are attracted to us, and let's, let's offend the religious people, and that's fine, because let them see what, what real religion, so to speak, looks like. Let's show them what real relationship is about. Let's show them what it is to really love Jesus. So my prayer for you is just that, man, you'll fall more and more in love with Jesus, and Jesus will just, it's just this, I don't know, it's a two-way thing, you know? Jesus can't love us more, and he'll never leave us and never forsake us. I know that. But there's just like a marriage where we just mourn more of each other and just intimacy and just like, when I, like Paul said to Timothy, I want to, let's pursue righteousness and let's, let's go after Jesus. Um, and let's take as many people as we can with us because God has got a plan and a, and a destiny for this church. For, of that, I am... I am utterly convinced. And I want to pray for you guys just quickly and then we're done. I, I think I've got a, a really special place for you. The Lord's really done something in my heart this morning in this place. Um, I really mean it when I, I mean, the Lord's here and He's got such a credible plan for you guys. Really, don't, don't despise the days for beginnings. I know we, we often quote that so easily. But, um, man, I. I can see what God wants to do, and it's awesome. And heaven knows your name, you know. I really feel that. Like, the Lord knows about you. It doesn't matter if you're down the hill and there's only 20 or 30 or 40 people. It doesn't matter. 
Um, but heaven knows your name, and that's all that matters. And let's go after Jesus and, and bring in the lost. So, Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that your presence is most certainly here. Thank you for your incredible love for this people. Just felt your incredible compassion for these people and your love and your, your care for them like a mother hen, Lord. They just, oh, Lord, you just love these people dearly. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you'll bless them. I pray that you'll empower them with your spirit. I pray that they'll have hunger after thirst, I mean, of righteousness, hunger and thirst after righteousness. and They'll go after you. And Lord, just do a work in their lives. Holy Spirit, just come and touch these hearts, touch these lives. Um, and Lord, I pray for a harvest in this place. I pray that you'll bring in the lost uh, and the desperate and all those that are so needy and so desperate for Jesus. But Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I just pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen.